0: It's the long-awaited Roger Ebert tribute episode. And welcome to the Flop House. I'm Dan McCoy.
1: <laughs> I'm Stuart. <laughs> Stuart. <laughs> Line Q. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm Stuart. No, Stuart Wellington. You're <laughs> Stuart Wellington. Your full fucking name. <laughs> I've done this a million fucking times. I'm Elliot
0: Kalen, the one professional member of the team. <laughs> I said my name delightfully. And then
2: you fell apart into, a, into a profanity. <laughs> Um, okay,
1: I'm Stuart Wellington of the Flop House podcast. Mm-hmm. The Flop House podcast, huh? And what do we do here? What do we
0: do on the Flop House, Uh we watch a bad movie and then we talk about it, which is what we're going to do
1: tonight
2: we're, for you, the listener. Or during the day, Read I don't it
1: know. R. I'm <laughs> so <laughs> uh playing it your your balls. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: a while back on the podcast, we... What uh, podcast? The th- This podcast, okay. this very podcast, we announced that we would, uh, in honor of Mr. Roger Ebert, mm-hmm. be uh Roger
2: do- Ebert. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. A uh, film critic of note who touched all of our lives and passed away.
2: I would say the preeminent film critic of the past 30 years.
0: That's probably true. Yeah.
2: And as much as he was not... Academically accepted for a long time. I think that's changed considerably.
0: Mm-hmm. He had a late career sort of uh, Renaissance where yeah, he's uh, like Betty White
2: that way. Well, everyone just realized
1: that they loved him. He was he hot was like in Cleveland, Betty,
2: like Betty White that way. Yeah, and he was hot in Chicago.
1: Does do you think? Do you think it helped that the? Uh, like the people that, when he when he started, a lot of the young people who were just reading his stuff just got older, and then the people who were older and didn't like his stuff just died. I think that's, I a think that's part absolutely of
0: yeah. uh, part of it. So
2: anyway, because of Roger Ebert, what did we do?
0: We uh, we took some movies. From his. We
2: stole some movies <laughs> we, we, from a local video store. <laughs> or it should was I should say the
0: ruins of a closed video store. It was a crazy heist. We got uh, Taylor Kitsch <laughs> and he broke in from the the top Ooh. of the. <laughs> yeah, he, you may know him as John Carter, Warlord of Mars. We oh, told him we were stealing burritos. Tim Big Rig Riggins. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, we uh, found some movies that were on the list of uh, movies that were in his book. I hated, hated, hated this movie. Uh, Why couldn't
2: we have watched Blue Velvet? That's in that book. (laughs) Yeah. Which is weird.
0: Um, Yeah, we we took a a number of those movies. We threw them up on the Flophouse (laughs) website as a poll. And we asked our listeners which of these movies that Roger Ebert hated... Should we watch in tribute to the great man, which and
2: deserves a thorough flopping,
0: and this was actually suggested Is that what we call it yeah, this yeah. was suggested uh, by a fan I
2: cleaned it up a little bit, okay
0: who, if I was a better producer, I would remember who suggested it, but I don't. So, thank you, fan.
2: And yeah, you're not a good producer. Let's all admit Nameless it. Nameless
0: fan.
2: <laughs> so let's just call them Fan uh, a-
1: Anonymous. Sorry. The a-,
2: a stands for Arthur.
1: <laughs> sure. Arthur Anonymous, uh, like a, what, a DC villain or a wrestler? Well, would no, a wrestling villain. A wrestling like, villain called like,
2: Dr. A- Anonymous, and his name's Arthur Anonymous. Like Erwin
1: so. R. Shyster, a.k.a. Mm. IRS. Or Enigma. The Riddler,
0: mm-hmm. Edward
1: Nagel. I don't, I don't know that one. More
0: famous villain, E. E. Cummings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <The> Anti-Semitic villain. <laughs>
2: Why anti-Semitic?
0: Wasn't he E. e. Cummings? You're thinking of T. S. Eliot. I am. You're thinking, thinking of John Silverstein. You got your initialed poets mixed up, <laughs> I, Daniel. <laughs> and me, a English major. But let's uh... me, M E A. English major. You mean
2: Mortimer Edward Originals? Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, major. English major?
0: So, uh, but let's uh, talk about the, uh, I'm just going to break down. What uh, were the the nominees? I'm going to break down the uh, nominees. I'm going to tell you uh, who people voted on. Who was hot and who was not. So, uh, coming in at the rear of our poll was Ben (laughs) with 4% of the vote. Is that just
2: some guy? (laughs) That was Ben?
0: No, that was the sequel to Willard. Oh, I see. uh, The killer rat movie. Yeah. Um. The, uh, and you may remember that for the Michael Jackson song Thriller. And the two of us are something. Uh, I don't know the lyrics to this He's song. Keep singing, it's huh? weird
2: that the lyrics are about how he doesn't remember the lyrics <laughs> to the
0: song. <laughs> very strange. It's well, very meta. He put you know.
2: It's like the part in a uh, uh, a friend of ours has complained that uh, in the Elton John song the so- that, what's it called the song is for you. Yeah, if this a, is if your if song. I, if this was, if I was a sculptor, but then again, no. And it's like, well, why don't you erase <laughs> that line of the song? Then you're not happy with it. <laughs> anyway,
0: uh, go ahead. The next uh, coming in next was Food of the Gods with seven percent. Uh huh. You mean is there a 7%? Mm-hmm. seven
2: percent? Seven
0: pounds. Yeah. Is there thanks. a song
1: for that one too? Or? <laughs> Food, Food of the Gods is the, the movie gods we didn't want. Eat you when they're hungry. <laughs> it's a
0: movie about giant
2: rabbits. Rats. No,
0: you're going to Oh wait, you think
2: of night I'm of the thinking of Night of the leepus. You were thinking of all the <laughs> well, wrong I'm of all the wrong things. things all right? the wrong moves? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the movie that you where you don't see Tom Cruise's penis. All the wrong moves. As opposed
2: to his every other movie he's ever made where you do? <laughs> I don't.
0: Like Color of Night?
2: That's Bruce Willis.
0: That's oh man. <laughs> So uh, coming in with nine percent. Actually,
2: no, that was Tom Cruise's penis playing Bruce Willis's penis in Color of Night. Sure,
0: nine percent. Uh, Little Indian, big city, which uh, I've never seen. The Tim I Allen seen, remake of a French children's film. I uh, thought
2: the Tim Allen movie was Jungle to Jungle.
0: Jesus Christ! <laughs> Why can't I get anything right tonight?
2: <laughs> no, just keep going. Let's see how many errors <laughs> <earths laughs> we can rack up. <laughs> uh, the corrector's having a great night yeah,
0: tonight. There's some furious typing somewhere. <laughs> No, but I, no, there's not typing, because Elliot is thankfully... Well, I like to think all, is, the,
2: all the Flophouse listeners immediately start typing an email, and then I correct it, and they delete, 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 delete,
0: delete. Yeah, they're, I like to think they're using old-fashioned typewriters so that they crumple up the paper every time.
2: Yeah, like in the uh, the Stephen J. Cannell opening. <laughs> <laughs> it Toss closing. it into a weird pile. <laughs> not opening, it's the close of the Toss Stephen Toss it J.
0: into a pile, but not before it turns into the letter C. But... Good uh, Cannell. This, uh, the next one, uh, with 10% instinct...
2: Not of the basic variety. No,
0: of the Kuby Gooden Jr., Anthony Hopkins variety. I
2: remember, I never saw that one, but I remember seeing the trailer and being like, oh, so it's Silence of the Lambs, but in a jungle?
0: (laughs) But dumb. Uh, Then with 13%, Return to the Blue Lagoon with Mia Jovovich uh, replacing. Might have been up to that. um, What's your face? Brooke Shields. Tarzan, you a Jovovich? (laughs) (laughs) Yep, thank you.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> How long have you been working on that one? About a half a second. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the heartwarming tale of underage island sex. <laughs> but, uh, Something's getting warm. I don't know what's in my heart, though. Uh, coming in very close to the top with 24% was an Alan Smithy film, Burn, Hollywood, Burn. Oh, starring Eric Idle. Yeah, they could not decide on one or the other. It had to be an Alan Smithy film, colon, Burn, Hollywood, the Burn. The movie
2: about a director... Mad at his movie, in which the real life director became so angry about what happened to the movie that he also took his name off it and it was listed as Alan Smithy.
0: Yeah, a beautiful irony. But because our listeners hate us, with thirty three percent they chose We should have made a go to a runoff The Scarlet Letter uh, not, starring not Demi the Moore one with
2: Lillian Gish but mm-hmm. with Demi Less is more.
0: Yeah, Demi Moore, who halfway through the movie I realized, And Gary left me cold, man. (laughs) Oh, no. no. But Gary Oldman is capable of putting in a... And Robert (laughs) Presky. (laughs) No. Gary Oldman is capable of putting in a good performance, whereas Demi Moore, I looked through her filmography, and she has never been good in anything. What
2: about, like, uh, people like her in, like, The Butcher's Wife?
0: Um... I guess. Or what about I mean like uh, that movie is not very good. The movie
2: about the closure that got dissed? What was that
0: called? <laughs> Disclosure. No, as in this closure. It. I think Charlie's <laughs>
2: Angels Full Throttle. That's what I was thinking of. Yep.
0: I think actually I think actually of the movies I've seen her in, I may have liked her most in Charlie's Angels Full Throttle. <laughs> but um it's between that or One Crazy Summer.
2: Well, I can't well she's going to yeah. come out with that that mockumentary about because remember, she, for a couple of years, they were pretend. She was pretending to be married to Ashton Kutcher to be like a rapper. And I assume it was like, yeah, it was like some kind of stunt, like Joaquin Phoenix pulled, sure. that he was a rapper. Because that was it's, crazy. Uh, no one believed a- that, it's right? Joaquin.
1: <laughs> jo- jo jo Joaquin jo Phoenix.
2: Fast
0: acting Joaquin.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we have burned up ten minutes or, or so of this podcast okay, okay. before so we start talking about the, the actual. actual well, let's talk It's twice. based
1: on a book that you might have read in school. You may have mm-hmm. read it in school. It's called a- Moby Dick. <laughs>
0: Good one, dude. The <laughs> tale of a white whale and two cities. <laughs>
2: Has anyone ever done a Dickens parody called Sex and Two Cities, <laughs> where it's uh, where it's Carrie is in Paris and France during the re- par- uh, Paris and France, mm-hmm. Paris and London around the time of the Revolution.
0: Yeah. Somebody write it up. I'm not going to do it. And, and she's like writing her columns like it's more like the Pick Dick ca- <laughs> Papers. <laughs> That would be her saucy pun.
1: Yep. Like the picnic paper.
2: While men were being beheaded in the streets, Miranda was giving a behead job (laughs) to her own French marquee. (laughs) Charlotte was enjoying some revolutions of her own.
0: (laughs) Samantha had great expectations for this day. No, we're doing...
2: French Revolution <laughs> puns. I I'm guess. doing Dickens puns. Oh, what are you talking oh, about? I, Stuart, you're gonna have to be the tiebreaker on this. Oh
1: man, something about
2: less miserables. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. It's not even the French Revolution. Meanwhile, across town, <laughs> is Bernice a character on that show? <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, across town <laughs> Bernice continued to knit. Bernice was having her best deal stormed.
1: <laughs> okay.
2: Sex in two cities. I think that I think it was fair
0: to make a Dickens joke. <laughs>
2: I think it was fair. You're right. I was being I'll allow it. the Scarlet Letter. So it's based on a book on a book by Nathaniel Hawthorne. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, you may know him from from his blockbuster, The House of the Seven Gables.
2: <laughs> and let's not forget uh, the Black Veil that was him too, yeah. right? Uh, mm-hmm. Now, let, we're not going to talk about what happens in the book first, but it's a story of hypocrisy and social oppression in 17th century Puritan America, mm-hmm. which for the movie has been turned into kind of like. A vaguely soft corey kind of like romance with occasional action elements and some thriller elements. We'll explain. We yeah, open... it's like
0: a PBS Zalman King.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kinda. <laughs> yeah. It's Zalman King's Masterpiece Theater, <laughs> basically. Hope. Uh that's the Scarlet Letter. So we open it's the seventeenth century in the Americas. And which America? Specifically. Uh, this one. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Uh, some Indians are causing trouble. Seems the Puritans and this one Indian chief got along, but now that Indian chief is dead and his son does not care for Americans, except for, well, they're not Americans yet, doesn't care for the colonists, except for one, Mr. Gary Oldman.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh-huh. he's he's pretty cool looking. Cut two. <laughs> he knew that he'd be good in The Professional. He's like, I like this guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Super I loved method. you
2: in The Contender, even though you took your name off the credits. <laughs> uh, right? Didn't he do that? I think so. I don't know. So... Uh, then, Demi Moore, playing young, bewitching Hester Prynne, mm-hmm. a lady, arrives in the colony. It seems that she is arriving ahead of her husband, who's a doctor, uh, and she is supposed to go find a house and set it up, and the town is... She's sh-
1: a little strong-willed. She's very strong-willed a tarted and
0: liberated. Up. Mm-hmm. She wears lace around her shoulders. She's which- a modern woman.
2: It well not really. <laughs> She's, She's still a seventeenth-century m- modern-ish woman. She's strikingly modern for the seventeenth century, and that town is aghast that she thinks that she can, I guess, have mm-hmm. her own opinions and live in a house by herself. Yeah, and have
0: yeah. a bathtub.
2: Yeah, imagine she has a bathtub and that—that that is
0: scandalous. Yeah, that is very French of her. And uh, she
1: shows off her lovely curly hair, which only men are allowed to have. Yeah, the, the hair in this movie on the men is fantastic
2: mm-hmm. most of
1: it is in their faces <laughs>
0: it, <laughs> all of it, looks, it all looks like uh, all the men are wearing literal literal lord Fauntleroy <laughs> wigs
2: it's like right before the movie they had all the male actors go into a rickies and they just went go nuts <laughs> Pick a wig, fellas. Really? I think this one looks too fakey.
0: No, no, it's great. No,
2: no, it looks great. It's supposed to look fakey. That way it looks real. (laughs) I don't understand what you're saying. Real hair.
0: Award nominated director. (laughs) Real hair looks fake on camera. Yeah, it's the only way it'll get picked up by
2: the 3D
1: cameras, right? (laughs) Uh,
2: But you have. This long shoulder-length wavy hair on everybody from Gary Oldman to old-faced Robert Duvall <laughs> to the guy who looks kind of like MC Gainey. <laughs> uh, so anyway, there's one in every movie. To the aforementioned Presky. Anyway, uh, everyone's uh, abghast at her will- strong-willedness, and this is a this is the Puritan era. Everyone lives by very strong rules. It's very orderly, and you nobody know is allowed to be different, except that as we see throughout the movie. Almost everybody seems to be different. Characters are constantly speaking out about hypocrisy, how bad it is, Mm -hmm. while the rules are not very good, and that kind of stuff. But anyway. You've
0: got Joan Plowright playing basically like a Wiccan who lives on the edge of town. Yeah.
2: She is playing your kind of Kathy Bates in Titanic, earthy, Mm -hmm. speaks-her-mind stout woman.
0: Yeah. She's got a lot of sass.
2: Got a lot of sass. Got a lot of... sassafras (laughs) sassafras <laughs> Like a lot, you,
0: of moxie, you imagine a lot of moxie a of when
1: she was a younger lady she would have been smoking hot mm-hmm. but now she's kind of old and you're like eh I'd still do her but come on <laughs> wow okay you
0: gotta boil it down to a sex thing All yeah right. I know it's, give me no list. I
1: mean like it, there'd be a lot of love there it wouldn't just be sure. sex <laughs> okay <laughs>
0: The love is I mean, what makes the sex hot It's, it's like a saying.
1: sharing of respect Me <laughs> pouring into one cup And her pouring into my cup mm-hmm. well, I don't want to know
2: what, the, what your cup is In this metaphor Okay, But one day Demi Moore sees a bird She's working in the garden And she sees a red bird And the red bird leads her on a merry chase Through the forest To where she spies with her naked eye And even naked Gary Oldman my Swimming word. in a stream with no clothes on totally nude balls
1: yeah. <laughs> in the scene you, that I <laughs> do you want to see Gary Oldman's stuff obscured by water then and, watch this and movie and then suddenly not obscured by water but I
2: sort of I have
0: to
2: <laughs> I have to see Gary Oldman's normal sized not at all impressive penis
0: <laughs> I have to imagine this has to be like this has to be on the shelf was Like the hairstyle down there dude <laughs> it
1: covering this, it
0: up this is on the shelf next to Labyrinth and like women of a certain age like this this is what awakened my sexuality yeah
2: I watched this for a book report and suddenly I was a woman. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, anyway, she sees Gary. You're talking about Labyrinth, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it uh, for a book report on Labyrinth.
0: <laughs>
1: a report on Joseph
0: Conrad's Labyrinth. <laughs> the
1: masquerade Ball is so much better in the movie. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, so, anyway, she is all a flutter by what she sees because, of course, if you were going to ask women, well, who, name an Adonis. They would say Gary Oldman. Yeah. Uh Maybe his face looks kind
1: of like a skull covered in skin.
2: <laughs> maybe it's his paleness. Maybe it's the fleshiness around the middle. But she is future Commissioner
1: dumb. Gordon. <laughs> That's what I like.
2: She sees him in him, the making of a great witchfinder general <laughs> in Red Riding Hood. Sure. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that guy. Yeah, he put people in a big elephant, and lit them on fire. <laughs> Anyway, so she sees him naked and she falls in love. Uh the next day she is riding, she has to get to church on time. Oh no, she's riding through the mud in I think the it's forest. It's the same day. Oh really? And her cart gets stuck in a mud hole. Yeah, I think you're right. She can't get it out. She's trying to push Something the wheel. Something else we- gets stuck yeah. in a mud hole later. <laughs> Let's just say, there's a lot of scenes of characters riding carts around in this movie. If you were wondering what the main mode of transportation was in the 17th century, look no further. And she's
1: riding that thing balls to the walls, dude. Mm-hmm. Like Yeah, she's going she's gotta crazy. she's got to get to church. That cart that is car road hard and put away away.
2: <laughs> to, to, to quote a song by a band, I don't remember who it is, <laughs> she wants them to get her ch- to the church on time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, well, I, mean, I mean, it's that's from My Fair Lady. No, but there's also that. It's not 80s even song a direct one. Uh, yeah, modern, modern Love. Is David Bowie. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's David Bowie? Yeah. Eh, I'm not
1: a
0: fan. Anyway, so. Well, that is shameful, but let, let's put that aside I love for him after in the, the. Prestige.
1: The, all right. However, Elliot loves this movie we're talking about. Oh, but yeah. it's great! I,
2: a handsome stranger comes along to help her, and by handsome I mean not, and by stranger I mean Gary Oldman, the guy she was
1: just looking at, the take guy whose
2: whose who's junk she I mean, was he just was
1: still wet from the bath. It had to have been the same guy. <laughs> I like Unless that you he say all bath. <laughs> he said he was bathing.
2: He, he was bathing in a stream.
1: It wasn't a bath. Same shit, he didn't right? have a rubber
0: ducky and a loofah. and stuff. So... In the
1: olden days, dude, you bathe in the streams. <laughs> she has a bathtub. Oh. He's
0: bathing Jimmy, Ginny Agutter style and walkabout. You know, that's yeah, what she had. Right.
2: Yeah. Anyway, so he helps her get the coach out. Oh, no, she he doesn't. He gives her a horse, and he takes her... Uh, he gives her his Some horse. kind of horse exchange. She takes his horse. <laughs> I'm not sure why exchange. they exchanged horses. They get to church on time, and she sits down. Time for Reverend Dinsdale. Hot body. The, yeah. uh, no, no. Time for Reverend Dinsdale to give a sermon. He steps out. Gary Oldman's the reverend. Yeah. And he gives a he very a sermon. long sermon. And we know it's long because there are at least four dissolves no, during th- it.
0: There's no... Not even. There's at least like 15 dissolves. Okay, that in is this no thing. way that's true. <laughs> no, I swear to God.
1: There's so like many dissolves in this. Himself, and there's like a giant Gary Oldman head floating over a smaller the, Gary Oldman At, the, they at they the, very the very small, the there's 10. In,
2: like 70s variety show music acts where they'd have a close up and then they'd dissolve in like a side view of the person. It's. Super cheesy. Anyway, she didn't realize that she had a crush on the reverend, Mm -hmm. that she saw him as God made him. And suddenly they fall in love. To make a long story short, and it's a very long story told very slowly. Uh They fall in love. But what are they to do? She's married. She's waiting for her husband. She gives him some books. She gives him he some books. He reads those things. They're flirtatious. Yeah,
0: he accidentally puts ink on his face and
1: she laughs at in, him.
2: In the most Hugh Grant moment <laughs> you never expected to see in a Nathaniel Hawthorne adaptation. <laughs> uh, but then- There's
1: this great scene of him trying to decide whether or not he should read the books and her slowly bathing herself while her serving maid looks on through a peephole. Yeah. Yes, <laughs>
0: and she's masturbating. Let's let Demi Moore Demi is, is masturbating mas- in the bath while a comely servant girl. Uh, this peeps is a slave the,
2: girl that Demi Moore purchased earlier in the movie. The slave girl is kind of like winking at the audience and then looking like through a keyhole. Turns, she she mm-hmm. uh, she out, puts out candle. a candle and there's a little <laughs> red bird in the room always. Yeah. Uh, and she watches Demi Moore masturbate and. Well, then, but the little
0: red bird figures more into the later scene where the slave girl uh, masturbates on her own and there's a the little red bird that she keeps gazing at sexily as if, like, look, the bird's turning her on, I is, guess. The red
2: bird obviously represents, like, passion. Zalman King. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the red bird diaries. Every episode is the bird witnessing a different period and having sex. But we talked
0: about this during the movie. Like, the the servant girl... Feels like she was ported in from a nineteen seventies Emmanuel film because yeah. her whole thing is to just to kinda like look at the camera and be like, Can you believe how erotic this is? What's happening?
2: <laughs> She's just well it's like they would go to another country in the Emmanuel <laughs> movies and there would be like a, like kind of a more animalistic native, you mm-hmm. know, like a non-white person who would, just their mere resin, a smile
1: at uh, the camera. Smile of the
2: camera and their presence would make everyone hot and want to have sex with mm-hmm. each and other. Then and go like, have
1: sex with Simon Le Bon in the, uh, <laughs> in the jungle. Yeah. Yeah,
2: exactly. So anyway, uh, Demi Moore and Gary Oldman Fall in Love, there's an Indian massacre of people on the boat that Demi Moore's husband was on and one of his things, it seemed, it's just like a piece of cloth with his name on it, is discovered. They assume he's dead and so Gary Oldman goes. Oh, we can be together. Passion overtakes them, and mm-hmm. as the serving girl masturbates in a tub next to a bird, <laughs> Gary Oldman and Demi Moore have sex on a pile of dried wheat. <laughs> or maybe maybe it's beans. I don't know. Maybe let's say it's beans. All we Some know is grain. for the rest of the movie, we ex- we assumed that Demi Moore was picking dried grain <laughs> out of her butt. <laughs> it is the least sexy sex scene I think I might have ever seen in a movie, and yeah. that's I do. I want to say it's counting irreversible. Maybe and there's just like. <laughs> Like, <laughs> that, okay, that's going too far. but it is
0: uh, it's, to, it's Gary Oldman like gnaws at her neck in a way that like, you know, like you know, a little neck action. that's a good thing. but like he's like he's like making his way slowly around and then he's like he's like he's like chewing on her chin almost here's my,
2: <laughs> the, I, my only understanding, ex- my only explanation rationalization for it is it's the seventeenth century. Neither of these people have had sex before. <laughs> like, so, is this how it they works? They totally is don't this? know how it works. They're Wait, just kind of they. It looks They're like just t-
1: doing what their bodies want. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: two teenagers who have, who don't know how to make out. Who are just kind of like awkwardly positioning their mouths. They're afraid to touch each other, mm, and then yeah. they just kind of plunge in on top of the beans. <laughs> <laughs> so that happens, but it turns out, and then uh, Demi Moore is. Gets pregnant. Mm-hmm. Starts uh, barfing all starts over the place. Starts barfing all over. They realize she's pregnant. They throw her in jail for being pregnant for, for having, and for being a blasphemer, I guess. And yeah. Gary Oldman yeah. says, I'll reveal that I'm the father. And she says, no, don't do it. Uh, her, and she gives birth to a baby. In jail,
1: as opposed to like, like a, a dog. story, yeah, gives you know gives like birth an, to alien. An, <laughs> she gives, an alien. She gives <laughs> like an alien doesn't burst from her
0: chest. Yeah, she or, gives birth to yeah, a normal it's style like, baby. It's not
2: like V or anything like yeah. that. Uh So she gives birth to a baby. She gets out of jail eventually. I guess as a way. I don't remember why they let her out of
0: jail. The yeah. colony yeah, looks bad. Yeah, she's released on bail.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, it's kind of <laughs> like that. Like the got a governor comes by and is like, "Look, your colony looks bad because you got a lady in jail who's pregnant, and had a baby. Like, let's let's cut the shit, okay?" <laughs> and that's the other things. Like so. Everyone every, like everyone, thinks the guys who are running this town are stupid and, and too Puritan, uh, and yet they still get to run the town. But then, uh-oh, it turns out her husband survived. He's actually been inducted into the Indian tribe and has crazy spells where he goes nuts and puts a deer carcass on his head and yeah, dances the, around. The,
1: the local Indians kick him out because yeah. he's just too crazy. Yeah,
2: the, an Indian lady says, he has a ghost in him, send him away.
0: And I, I gotta say... And you're mo- too crazy
2: for the Indians at that time.
0: In a movie full of bad performances, it takes a true artist like Robert Duvall to go way too far. Like,
2: it's almost like his, his performance is an experiment in how bad he can be.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's probably the worst of them. They're all uh, really bad. But it takes a man of talent to be that terrible. Most,
1: <laughs> most of the dialogue is like whispered or mumbled or spoken in like a super stilted accent. Very and bad Robert ...tops it all with his, like, super crazy performance.
2: But his, it's crazy, but then he'll be really
1: still and dull in other scenes. Mm-hmm. Not the scene where he's shaving his belly with a weird <laughs> stone razor. No, that's
2: true. <clears throat> that's,
1: that, that's a good point. As Dan put it, he's he's in pretty good shape for an old guy, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: So they, he comes back, he confronts Hester Pryn, Demi Moore's character... And, and oh, you've you've had a you have a baby, huh? Tell me who the father is. And she's like, no, no, get out of my life. And he decides he's gonna come back in his, as his. a new persona who is going to start fomenting trouble in the town. And he he's going to put on a terrible wig. He's going to put on a terrible shoulder-length
0: wig. That with that his. was a wig? I
1: thought he grew his hair out. <laughs> <I
0: don't... laughs> he looks, it I looked mean, great. He used some Native American trick. He put some like, fucking pumice on yeah, there. You, to, you rub a deer carcass on your head, and all of a sudden, you got beautiful hair. But
1: it's with, a fertility spell, with dude. His,
2: with his weird old face and his hair he looks like Tommy Wiseau from The Room so I just like the thing that Tommy Wiseau was wandering around 17th century because he's a vampire everyone knows it anyway uh, he's like Hester you're pret, you're tearing me apart Hester <laughs> uh, he start. Hester gets in trouble again they put a Scarlet A on her for adultery because again oh, she refuses to name she, she refuses to name the father of her child and she refuses to let Gary Oldman reveal that he's the father for I guess to prove a point or she doesn't want I to ruin his life, I'm not sure. Gary Oldman is really unhappy. He cuts his hands on a big pillar for some reason in his anger. And the, uh Robert Duvall decides that he's gonna make everyone believe there are witches in town. <laughs> yep. So he's, he's a real solid It's Kane. almost like the producers were like, Hey, is this a movie of the crucible or the Scarlet Letter? Yeah. I don't remember. Let's just put the crucible. Yeah,
0: in there I, I I read them both at the same time in high school, so whatever this mix it up. It's,
2: a ma- it's the reader. Mash it.
1: Mash them up. It's one of the great... I don't want to see people with weird hats and there not be a witch, <laughs> werewolf, or like, I guess a vampire mummy or, or something. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I wish a vampire mummy. Uh, it's, it's this funny thing where, like, everyone gets the Scarlet Letter and the Crucible mixed up, even though they were written a, a hundred years apart, yeah. basically. And But just because they're the only two things anyone ever reads that's set in... 17th century Puritan American colonies okay. basically.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. One has when one it is, doesn't wait. So does Demi Moore And they're gets, both about
2: like hypocrisy and over and over oppression of God. And
1: government. when Hester Prynne gets her scarlet letter, then they throw a bunch of stones at her for fertility or something No, 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 no that's, that's, the that's Shirley it's Jackson. A
2: totally different story. But that's the same thing, right? No, it's no. set modern day. That's what's so horrifying about it.
0: mm mm-hmm. Mhm.
2: Right. Well, I guess it's implied it's modern day. They know, I don't I don't know that they really explain explicitly what time period it's in.
0: Anywho, so... What's the one where there's children of the
1: corn?
2: <laughs> I believe you're thinking of Pumpkinhead. Okay, thanks.
1: <laughs> no, that's what Lance Henriksen... Oh, oh, yeah, you're right. Star of Millennium? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yep. Star of Millennium is sure. Mm-hmm. And, uh, anywho, let's keep going. The Scarlet Letter. We're he almost. He's also bishop of um, alien. We're almost yeah, a quarter of the way through the movie, uh, so he's fomenting trouble. He gets everyone to think that Hester Prynne is a witch. He gets everyone to think Joan Plowright's a witch. And meanwhile, the Indians are getting angry about stuff. Mm-hmm. Robert Deval. The natives are restless, if you will. <laughs> yep, <laughs> I Robert, will. Robert Duvall scalps a man to cause trouble. No, he
1: scalps the guy that he. Thi- I thought he scalped. Who he thought was Gary oh, Oldman? There's Oh, there's the
2: guy who looks kind of like M.C. Ganey. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, Or Powers Booth. Or Gerard Depardieu. Or Gerard or... Depardieu or a young Chef Boyardee. <laughs> sure. he, he's We're in a doublet. That's Early all in the
2: movie, he tries to kiss Hester Prynne and she slaps him. Later and He goes in the mo- away for like an hour and a he half. Go- he leaves the movie for a long time. I assume he's on a trip somewhere. Maybe <laughs> sure. he was sleeping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and he attempts to rape her and she shoves a candle a lit candle in his eye and he Continuing runs away the candle motif <laughs> yep and I think right and you think maybe you're right Robert Duvall thinks he's the father and I so mumbled something about that I mean it's tough to it's say it's so hard to everyone's so mumbly in this it's mumble this is the biggest budget mumblecore movie I think <laughs> ever made uh it's the only mumblecore costume film so uh Hester Prynne is they think she's a witch but meanwhile mm. the scalping has been blamed on the local Indian tribes they start killing off Indians The Indians aren't going to take that. So Hester Prynne's about to be hung for witchcraft because it's true. Most of the witches at the time were hung, not burned at the stake. Burning at the stake was a European thing. Hanging was an American thing. So
0: good work, Roland Joffe. You got that right. And
2: when I say witches, I mean to say. Not witches, people who were accused of being witches. Because right. no matter what your friend the yeah. Wiccan will tell you, there were no witches at Salem. Yeah, I'm sorry speak, to tell it, you. Speaking,
1: speaking, of which, stand here.
0: <laughs> speaking of which, I visited Salem not too long ago, and I was kind of just kind of just disgusted by how many like witch-based things there were that were just like Halloween-style witches around, and like you realize that. Like you're making you're profiting off of like the fact that your your ancestors just killed a bunch of innocent people, right? Yeah, like also, that's what this is. you, you that-
1: went by a subway and you're like, "No, I don't want a sand witch <laughs> well,
0: they, like they've got like a like a, they've got like a big bewitched statue there. They've got like <laughs> a bewitched statue. Yeah. I mean, like it was donated by TV land, but they took it. <laughs> they still took it's it. It's
2: Amazing to me that they took it,
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, free statue. What, are we going to turn it down? <laughs> sure.
1: It's Come not, on. It's not RoboGop, but it's yeah. okay. Statue I mean, sure. Montgomery, yeah, we'll take it, it. You
0: know, it belittles a bunch of confused young girls who got killed for no reason, but whatever. You know,
2: it's a good it, it, it's statue. It's cute. It's a TV land, whatever. It's great show. Aren't we all living in a TV land? <laughs> anyway, so the it, she's about to be hung at the stake, and Gary Oldman says, Wait, stop. I'm the father. If you're going to hang anybody, hang me, and takes the noose off her neck and puts it on his. Yeah. And the executioner's like, all right, whatever. Allow it. <laughs> rules is rules. I mean, I get paid
0: the same either way. <laughs>
2: it's almost like he's like, look, I got contracted for one hanging. I don't care who it is. I'm just the tool in the executioner's hand. The executioner hang her, hang you, me. whatever. Look, either way. Whatever way, a neck's going to get snapped. As long as I'm home by two with some money in my pocket, I don't really care a shit. So the executioner Sad, is... Really. He, and he gives him a look like Cox's eyebrow like, eh, all right.
1: <laughs> okay, just don't make me look bad. And he starts...
2: He starts pushing back and forth the bench that Geraldman's standing on, like to t- tease him a little bit. <laughs>
1: yeah, He's a real yeah. hang tease. <laughs> yeah, you gotta play it out. A real noose tease. For the crowd.
2: But then suddenly, thwack, an arrow hits him in the neck. The Indians awesome. are attacking the settlement, and let me tell Blood you,
1: everywhere. all of a
2: sudden, Apocalypto breaks out. Yeah, the Indians are getting shot, they're slashing people's throats, they're like, running over people with flaming carts. There's it's a great scene crazy. where
1: one of the Puritan men is fighting with an Indian over, a, like, a flag, and then another Indian runs up and chops his arm off. <laughs> and blood And everywhere. blood
2: spurts. It's like the end of San Juro. <laughs> There's just a spurt of blood. It's crazy. This is not anything the movie ever set you up for, just this bloody Indian fight. And Hester, but that's
1: all in the book,
2: right? No. And <laughs> Hester Prynne and Gary, and Gary Oldman, Reverend Dimsdale run around for a while and save Hester Prynne's daughter, who, I, we, I forgot is to mention like earlier... It's like making
1: bullets bend around <laughs> her with because her magic she, powers. she's, she's chosen.
2: I forgot to mention that one of the pieces of evidence against Hester Prynne was that her baby has a birthmark on its belly, which is a sign of the devil,
1: according to Robert Vall, who,
2: does he disappear from the movie? He hangs himself. Oh, he hangs himself? I missed that part. Yeah, I after, might have after, the after
1: all thing. of his plots are in motion, but before uh, they reach their fruition, he hangs himself... I don't know why. That is the
2: ultimate... Bond villain, assuming his plan is about to go through. That's one step beyond just leaving Bond in the trap and going somewhere else. It's, well, Mr. Bond, I have you at my mercy. I suppose my plan is yeah. finished.
1: Oh, yeah. Kill selfish. You think maybe he was like, just making sure that the noose would work when the time came? But he's like, uh,
2: well, he wasn't, you know, you don't make that
0: much money as a witch trouble fomenter, so he was working as a noose tester <laughs> yeah. also. Sure. Let me make sure that nooses actually kill people. But I mean. It's
2: a great job, but I can only do it once. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Looney Tunes
2: Anyway, so There's a big Indian fight And somehow The Indians coming in And burning the town down I guess like Erases the charges Against Hester Brin yeah, Because yeah. the next thing we they see got bigger problem. She's kneeling at a grave Of someone who was killed In the battle And she's her, It was her, her husband Yeah Do was, we know that for sure? Yeah, it's an R. Like, Ar- yeah. Oh, you're right Look, by that point, I think I was. Paying I was attention. You were paying attention so much closer than me at that point. I think my brain was was actively rejecting the film as it entered flop my eyes. First. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, first house, flop so, house
0: first. It's first house. So Dimmsdale and Dimmsdale
2: the... says, "Don't leave," and she says, "I have to leave." And he goes, "All oh, right, then leave with me." And they just do. And he climbs up into the coach. Demi Moore takes. They the... make out while they're riding around. Demi Moore takes the Scarlet A offer. Her little daughter takes it, and then as they're riding away, the daughter drops the A out of the cart, and the wheel rolls over it. <laughs> yeah. Take that, social mores. <laughs> you just got run over by a muddy wagon cart wheel. The yeah. end. So we shouldn't dwell And there's uh, a voice... I should mention, the whole thing, there's been voiceover narration throughout from oh, yeah. Hester's grown-up daughter in the future, and she mm, mentions Days that they went, to, they went to the Carolinas... And not Days of Heaven style. The Days of Heaven narration <laughs> is poetic and loosely related <laughs> to what we're seeing. <laughs> this is like Legion style. All right, uh, sure. And at the end, my uh, mother
1: always told me <laughs> vampires were real,
2: mm-hmm. and uh, but they're demons. They apparently, according to the voiceover, they had a successful time in the Carolinas mm-hmm. and lived happily mm-hmm. ever after. There's also literally we part where paying Demi attention Moore says because we, there's literally part where Demi Moore says we came here to make a new uh, like a new country. We like let's now let's make a good enough one for her or something like
1: that. It's so lame. And but we were I wasn't really paying that much attention because I was making up stories for all the people that they rode past, like uh, fake beard and white hat and- <laughs> that's, that's the
2: classic flop house getting more interested in the extras as they're riding away there's these two guys walking together one has this wide floppy hat, and the other has such a big beard! He looks like Andre the Giant playing the Sasquatch in that one million, six million dollar man episode. And there, he looks like what's the name of that? That what's uh, the name of that big Muppet? The big monster with the ragged
1: clothes? Uh, Sweetums. Yeah, he looks like Sweetums.
2: And it's suddenly like, who are these two?
1: Who are these two traveling con artists? <laughs> like, kind of hoping that the sequel will follow them, right? Because there's a sequel to this, yeah. Right? Scarlet mm-hmm. Letter two, Scarlet again. <laughs> Still red,
2: Scarlet Letter two, yeah, better red.
0: red than dead. <laughs> <laughs> tagline.
2: But Scarlet Letter two, letter B. <laughs> i
0: I uh, I don't think we should dwell on this too much, but uh, because it was well reported on at the time, but this is nothing like the book, it's the Scarlet Letter. Nothing like letter. the book.
2: Just to be the the book is much more about she's got the Scarlet Letter, she committed adultery, she refuses to say who, and the person who did it won't admit it. Who was it? And it turns out that it was—should it, I just— It, like, was, it was Reverend, it was Reverend Dibsdale, Dibsdale, but in who the book, is a hypocrite. In the book, he is one of the leaders of the people who are oppressing and attacking Hester Prynne. He's a bad guy. And when he gives his speech at the end, it's about the soul-crushing guilt he feels because he has betrayed— god basically Mm. and betray the truth and it's not this like it's not a stirring speech about how we gotta let lovers be lovers and equality for all
0: it's not a romance between uh two star-crossed lovers it's uh this woman had sex with this guy and this guy was an asshole and a hypocrite and tortured her and then um but yeah.
2: also the book didn't have a big Indian attack at the end. I don't think it had a bathtub masturbation scene. I don't know.
1: That's that, why any, that the book never went anywhere, right? Yeah, you're right. It was a big it was <laughs> a big flop. it
2: it is an obscurity to this day. <laughs> sure. Uh in fact, this flop house is not about the movie, which is a huge hit, it was about the book, which is a total yeah. flop. Yeah. But all, but like it's this is such a slow it's a movie that misunderstands seriousness to be the same as slowness. Like if you Take, yeah,
1: slap some wigs on some dudes.
2: <laughs> slap some wigs on, talking really quietly in bad English accents, and take forty seconds between lines of dialogue to look at each other, and you've got like I guess a Best Picture winner. That yeah. was their sure, thing. Sure, sneak in that some was like, horse riding.
1: That's the and, thing. Like, do
2: some. As Ebert says in his review, he compared, He says it was it's shot in a kind of like Playboy fantasies <laughs> video style, and it totally is.
0: I I just don't know what they were like. I really don't know what anyone involved with this was thinking because anyone who had any interest in making an adaptation of the scarlet letter like why would they then turn it into this movie like why would they then be like uh you know what uh, let's make it a romance let's make it super sexy let's let's, all, let's cap it all off with the indian attack yeah let's yeah.
1: make it super sexy Adds more Robert Duvall in and a the, wig.
0: And the thing is like the <laughs> only interesting things about it are the terrible things that were added though. Yeah. Like the, the violent and, Indian attack and the like the masturbation in <laughs> the tub. The,
2: any, and and the and the bizarrely erotic slave girl yeah. voyeur. <laughs> so here here's my theory. My theory is Demi Moore was at a point in her career where she wanted to do a prestige movie. She's a big star now. She wants to be nominated for an Oscar or something like that. She wants to do something that shows that she's an actress. She's not just a pair of boobs. She is an actress. And so they say, okay, well, what's a – you know what we've done a lot of movies of? The Scarlet Letter. That's a big classic. Everyone's heard of it. Nobody's read it. So it's – and this is something Demi Moore said, I think, was that like – it was either Demi Moore or the director. No, she said that like like, no one's actually actually read it, so they're not going to know we made changes. And besides, she also said something about like – if we had a, an unhappy ending, it wouldn't be true to the character of Hester Prynne, <laughs> which is crazy. <laughs> but let's uh, say that Demi Moore knows the character better than Nathaniel Hawthorne, <laughs> the inventor of the character. But anyway, I think that, and then I think they literally went through it and said, okay, people aren't, we don't want to make this type of movie. We want to make a stirring romance. This is going to be Demi Moore's Gone with the Wind. It's going to be a, ro- a historical costume romance, sweeping passion, epic scope, like a real portrait of a. Picture po- time in America and a strong willed woman because it's, we can't have her be. Too crushed by society because she needs to be a strong woman, too. And that just kind of throughout the process, I would I don't know. I would guess the screenplay went through a ton of different drafts where they were, like, inventing backstory, coming up with scenes and, like, putting in, Extra like— Extra Indian attacks. Well, kind of saying, like, we're going to need to get asses in seats. We need an action scene for the trailer. Mm-hmm. Let's end it with a big Indian attack. Also, then we got a pro-Indian message because the settlers brought it on themselves by not respecting the Indians. And it's like— which is true in real life. They did, you know, the settlers did not respect the Indians and brought themselves to they killed. But anyway, I, IRL, yeah, <laughs> IRL, the the colonists did not treat the Indians well. Uh, but spoiler alert. But it's it, but then they they so basically it's one of these things. This used to happen a lot also in old movies, much more often, where you would take the title of a story, the barest elements from it, and just make up a whole new story, and that was your new story. It's kind of like. All the great Edgar Allan Poe movies, like From almost Hell, none of yeah exactly, From <laughs> Hell. All almost none of them have anything to do with the story they're based on. You know, there's a, the the Black Cat is a great movie that has nothing to do with the story of the Black Cat. You know, but yeah. here it's here it's they just said like let's just make a kind of a crappy movie, but that we'll hope will be good, and what's we'll called Scarlet Letter and do Scarlet Lettery things in it. You know.
0: So uh, anyway, so
2: that's a behind the scenes look at what I imagine was behind the scenes.
0: Uh, so I think that we were there already, but uh, just quickly, was this a good bad movie, a bad bad movie, or movie kind of liked Elliot?
1: I would say, should it no, be? no, 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 <laughs> Roger Ebert was
2: right, but right.
1: Roger Ebert was super wrong.
2: I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna give thumbs up to Roger Ebert's review of this because he was right. It is very boring and bad. It doesn't make <laughs> any sense. Yeah, and it is. <laughs> It's one of the, although it's, there are parts of it. If you could make a supercut of just the scenes with birds in them and the scenes with <laughs> candles in them, you yeah. would have a very funny supercut. But otherwise, <laughs> but there's so much dross in the middle. It's so slow and meandering. chaff
0: to get to that wheat.
2: Yeah, and the Indian Literally attack. Literally wheat in it's the sense like, of the sex scene. By the time yeah. you get to this really super bloody Indian scene, it's like too little, too late movie.
1: And there's so little chemistry between the two leads. Yeah. Yeah, I, strangely
2: I, enough Gary Oldman is not the romantic lead that they might have thought.
0: I agree. There's some really great silly scenes uh that are supposed to be sexy. The scene
2: where Gary Oldman accidentally gets ink on his head and it is delightfully clumsy and and Demi Moore laughs. It's like and it's just like a Julia Roberts Hugh Grant scene is pretty funny for how stupid it is. <laughs> that they have this dumb like romantic comedy scene in the middle of the fucking Scarlet Letter.
0: Yeah, but all in all,
1: I think we can agree. Yeah, we all agree. Roger Ebert was right. It was boring. This time. Wait,
2: what's that light over there? Uh, Roger Ebert's soul. It's finished its business here on Earth, and it's ascending to heaven. (laughs) Oh, terrible. Wait, no, it's getting caught in a Ghostbusters trap. No, No, (laughs) Dr. Benchman, he was a good ghost. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, now Slimer is kissing him. Oh, I don't know how I can see inside the trap. (laughs) (laughs) This
0: is horrible.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Ghostbusters 3, Roger Ebert's revenge. Yeah. So, uh. Um, Starring Shia LaBeouf. I gave him the chair. <laughs> now we're gonna. <laughs> brothers. I gave him the chair. We're
0: gonna move on to our letters segment, the Flop House movie mailbag. The letter
2: this time is A, a scarlet letter. <laughs> uh.
0: The first letter it's is. It's really
2: hard to read this letter. It's red type on a red background. <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't have printed these all out in red for the scarlet letter yeah, themed episode. Pa- I
0: apologize. <laughs> this first letter, though, is titled The Show is Beautiful. Gentlemen. Uh, Gentlemen. Animal? I love the podcast. Love it. My wife demands that I stop talking about it. <laughs> well, you <laughs> divorce her. <laughs> well, well, she could put her demands in a pipe and smoke them, baby. I say, <laughs> no, listen. That rascally, rawr, rawr was the Flophouse house cat. And Elliot always yells, house cat, afterwards, like a delighted child <laughs> that just on, saw Santa up. Claus. <laughs> And she sighs Because I'm Jewish The house
2: cat is the closest I'm gonna get to Santa Claus
0: And she sighs and mutters Have fun with your weird podcast, honey And leaves the room It is a weird podcast There's no accounting as, for as, taste As
2: long as we're not As long as it's not the Like the, the scenario where the wife Finally listened to the flop house And it was Dan describing Or was it Stuart? One of you guys me. Describing a vagina Sliding down a banister Yeah As long as your wife's experience Was not that uh. Or Dan asked, commenting on your wife's butt <laughs> Anyway, Dan, continue.
0: I've been going through a rough personal time and coming home and listening to an episode or two has gotten me through some difficult times. I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. I'm legitimately grateful for the laughs you've given me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Dan loves smoke enemas. Is this part of his character we've established? Your your
0: next movie pitch should be a revenge fantasy, wherein Nicolas Cage breaks into Dan's house during a recording and takes you all hostage. He then subjects you to various personalized tortures, e.g., Forcing e. G. Dan
1: Marshall? E.G. E. E. G. Cummings, right?
0: G.E. <laughs> yeah. Smith? E.G. forcing Dan to converse awkwardly with a married gay couple and forcing a bald gag to Elliot to listen to a prolonged recording of celebrity names being mispronounced. Oh,
2: uh, but I do that.
0: <laughs> Stewart's personalized torture can be the subject of a listener contest. Make this movie and then subsequently review it for an episode of your podcast. Meta is in these days. Love your work. Absolutely love it. Brandon, last name withheld. Now look. I just want to I take a
2: well, note. One thing, thanks, Brandon, for listening. We're glad we could provide you some of these. that out of the way time. before
1: we okay. just uh, before uh, Dan we we on on him.
2: shreds you a new
1: one. <laughs>
0: no, I'd like to take a note. <laughs>
1: Roasted
2: on, on the day that
0: we're we were recording this, on the day that uh, that the Defense of Mar- Marriage Act was struck down by the Supreme Court. That's right. I'd like to clarify that, despite uh, many attempts to put to, s- to smear me with the label of homophobe, I could not be more delighted uh that that uh anti uh homosexual uh legislation has been killed okay um,
1: all
2: right i don't know suddenly we're at the rachel maddow house <laughs>
0: But now that I've uh, now that I've is said this, that,
2: is this the flop house with Chris Hayes? What's now that I've on? said
0: that, uh, we can decide what Stewart's tor- torture would be. Oh yeah, what would I think? Stuart's torture would be. I think that hmm, his torture would be sobriety? that someone tried to give him any, some sort of uh, microbrew instead of forced sure. light. Yeah, yeah, that would
1: be pretty terrible. Or being work. stuck in a room with Nicolas Cage and not being able to pet his hair. <laughs> That'd be torture. Yeah, your hands are in oven mitts, so yep. you can't touch his hair. And tied behind my back. Yeah, because. My fingers could bust through those mitts mm-hmm. and get at that greasy hair, like a like a like a Ghostbuster <laughs> Wait, but so for like, hair.
2: So like your fingers are to oven mitts as Wolverine's claws are to his hands. Yeah, they just burst it. through. Yeah, and he'd be snick like snicket snick and then
1: snicket. Yeah. So so I lemony. So Wolverine is, is t- okay?
2: so Wolverine is talking about children's author lemony <laughs> snicket when his claws come out.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I use an eye though, not knee. Oh, okay. Not copyright infringement. And so my fingers <laughs> bust through it. those mitts, so they turn into weird wristbands. Uh-huh. Sweatbands so that the Nicholas hair, Cage hair sweat doesn't get all over my upper uh, forearms, I guess. Okay. Then I just start petting. Yeah. Okay, so we decided. Uh, Wait, I don't what think else we is did. Going on? <laughs> okay.
2: Continue. Next letter, please.
0: Uh, next, next letter's. Scarlet letter. Next letter's titled, Is Stuart's Ding Dong All Right? Nope. That's a,
2: <laughs> it's more than all right. It's great.
1: <laughs>
0: Dear Floppers, this morning I was listening to a local morning show and a story came across titled. Man high on mushroom, uh, man high on mushrooms rips off part of penis. The morning show crew was making wise of the situation, but I found no humor in this event. Yeah, that's horrible. High on mushrooms, nothing new, Stuart could no longer <laughs> hold back his need to finally succumb to his fantasy and become the castle freak. Sure.
1: Please let, let me know actually,
2: that... Actually, <laughs> he was looking for the castle freak and said, in order to find the castle freak, I, <laughs> I must, must become, become
1: the him. castle freak. Yeah. Please. So I rip off my ding-dong and I go to jail. <laughs> yeah. What uh, modern day jails are like castles, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs>
2: the closest you're going to get,
1: yeah, I think that's where you're going to find a freak. And you become a phone freak. Finish the finish the letter.
0: Yeah, please just please let me know that Stewart is okay and his ding dong is holding strong. Concerned, Eric's last name withheld. Now, this same news story was also brought to our attention by one uh, Tico Alhambra, uh, apparently co ho- apparently a co host of the It's on Craigslist podcast, and also by a number of people on our facebook group including uh, fans, sarah wolf yeah, yeah.
2: so dance. i would
0: like to clarify again this is not a
1: ding dong <laughs> podcast okay. we have no particular in- interest in ding dong news, I think, I, think no su- ripping news I think what he's suggesting is that i take my pants off right <laughs> no, no no one's so suggesting that gonna...
2: no don't Jingle, do it jam- i mean only jam- if you're no going to well let's oh, examine God. yeah we should just examine what you got under there oh it's Looking... like a kindle down there right. oh no oh it's all gone it's all gone <laughs> Zip up! I can't, I can't bear it. Here, Stuart, I'm gonna have to. I'll give you one of my two penises. <laughs>
1: okay,
0: share and share alike. That's what Elliot always says. Mm-hmm. So, share
2: um, and share alike. You're, you're gonna It's, add the, it's the classic mathemat- share and share alike. It's the classic mathematical proposition. Share equals share. It's the law of conservation of share. <laughs> you're, gonna,
1: you're gonna add sound effects to that bit later, right? In, I mean, I think that you did it. it, did of it well. You did sound pretty You
2: unbuckled your belt and everything.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, well, okay, we'll listen to it.
0: <laughs>
2: Uh, <laughs> He'll add in horrified we'll, we'll, gasps We'll have a
0: listening party after the recording. Uh, this letter is titled, I Found Gooby.
1: And is he missing? <laughs> it's from uh, gas station <laughs> in the $5. It sounds
2: like something that a little kid would say upon seeing dog
0: poop on the grass. <laughs> <laughs> this letter from Chris, last name withheld. He writes, I'm a family-sized fan of the show and have been through most... (laughs) Family-sized fan? I don't know. I don't know whether that means that he's...
1: Family-sized fam?
0: Yeah. He's a family-sized fan of the show and have been (laughs) through most of the episodes, some of them multiple times. Thank you. Like any borderline creepy, slightly too into it devotee, I'm careful always to keep my eyes peeled for signs of flop. And that's how I found Mm -hmm. Gooby. As the attached image more or less clearly shows... He has ended up behind a local greasy spoon, Oakland's legendary Lois the Pie Queen, and there he languished for some months, as I had frequent occasion to confirm, given that I lived about half a block away and often ran, walked, or biked by the place. I recently moved away, but not before observing that he appears to have moved on. To where, I cannot say. Heaven. But if I find him, I <laughs> never fear, <laughs> I will update you. Cherchez la flop. Gooby, stay alive, <laughs> I will find you. And he adds a postscript. As I was writing this, I started to think, how many people would, knowing what I found Gooby means, actually choose to open the email with that subject line? (laughs) Then I started to think, how sure am I that the Flophouse team will open an email with that subject line? Then I told myself rather sternly to get it together already. Look,
2: we opened an email with the subject uh, line, Crang with boobs, didn't we? Here's the
0: photo showing uh, evidence of... uh, Is that
1: that, that Robbie Coltrane? Yeah, it looks like Gooby, all right.
0: Behind a broken, uh, broken <laughs> down patio table. Uh,
1: Gooby's seen better days. Table. Yeah, Gooby appears to be fenced in. <laughs> he's not riding high oh, like yeah. he was off the success of the Gooby motion picture. No, he's
0: not. Yeah, yeah. That was the thing. Like after the after Gooby came out, he was certain it was going to be a big hit. He started getting coked up, yeah. you know, like just blowing <laughs> no. all of his uh, fuzz on prostitutes. All of his fuzz? What? Yeah. So <laughs> he gets paid. <laughs> yeah. He pays them. The weird thing is that the prostitutes would accept the fuzz. Yeah, I don't get it. Is does he grow golden fuzz? I don't understand. Yeah, well, that's the magic of Gooby. If a child yeah. believes in Gooby, then Gooby can. No, you're thinking of uh, Bogus. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> <Sure. laughs> Draw dead, Fred. Yeah. Drop. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> Yeah, Rick may Yeah, Obvious. the movie that killed
2: Rick Mayall's career
0: in America. Uh but thank you for letting us know Is that. Is
2: that my favorite Phoebe Cates movie? Uh no, not at all. <laughs> it's not it's not Paradise. Oh. Well that's my third favorite Phoebe <laughs> Cates movie. Um, after Gremlins one and two. But yeah. not in that order. Gremlins two, then Gremlins. Then Paradise, just the scene with the shower. Yep. So this last letter of the year Princess Caribou <laughs> which I've actually never seen <laughs> I've actually seen Princess <laughs> I just remember when it came out and it was like, oh, Phoebe Cates is back. And then Phoebe Cates disappeared again. <laughs> Happier just being Mrs. Kevin Klein.
0: Yeah, who wouldn't? I mean, come on. Good point. That That's a good point. Kevin Klein, dream date. Him Love and his brother guy.
2: Calvin are always hanging out, <laughs> having fun. And his son Chris.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> terrible in, uh, terrible in the Street Fighter. And of but, course, Grandpa no, Robert. Great in Street Fighter. <laughs> well, yeah, amazing in a certain way yeah. in Street Fighter. So this last letter is titled Super...
2: And, of course, their, their nephew, Ein Klein Knox Music.
0: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> this last letter is titled Super Flophouse Brothers. And it goes like this. Dear Floppers, I just finished listening to the Alex Cross episode in which Elliot was able to both to reference Rampage, an arcade game that is at least 25 years old... Yeah, but I was and, there when it was new. ...and still sound remarkably like a confused grandparent with his lack of awareness of Kratos... The protagonist from the God of War series, which has sold over 20 million copies and won several Game of the Year awards.
2: Yeah, because I really follow the Game of the Year awards. I'm not accusing.
1: <laughs> too that? busy winning Emmys. <laughs> yeah,
2: who gives that out? Loser in his mom's basement magazine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not.
0: I'm not accusing Elliot of being a video game poser because he almost certainly has
1: weirder.
2: What I think is, it's crazy the idea that I would lose track of video games somewhere between Rampage and God of War is not that crazy. he, He
0: gets. He gets to it. Okay. I'm not accusing him of being a video game poser because he almost certainly has, like I have, significantly dropped out of the video game pastime as he's grown older. His dropout date was probably some date in between when Rampage was big and when God of War was big. <laughs>
2: you know what? You nailed it on the head. It was
1: what, good Scooby Doo work over there. What
0: was the last? <laughs> what was the last video game each of you remember really enjoying? This email has been written before the summer of 2013, when a re-rendered Ducktales game is scheduled to be released, yeah, and exciting. certainly so I will say rekindle all of your previously ex- extinguished video game desires. If you would like to offer your favorite video game of all time, that would be great too. If you haven't played the 2013 version of DuckTales, you may not vote for that, but a vote for the 1990 NES version would certainly NES. be allowed. I know. I'm just saving so time. Say it weird.
2: <laughs> you really saved a lot of time by saying NES instead of NES. Yeah, just
0: because you had to explain the fucking if thing. If you
2: said NES, you wouldn't have wasted this time with the Eric's explaining. Eric's last name anyway, with Anyway, the held. NES, what? Nintendo Entertainment System, or Famicom system, what? <laughs> uh, was, is what Dan's talking about.
0: Uh, originally uh, <laughs> originally sold with that robot. Gyrobot, uh, well, Rob, dude. Gyrobot?
1: Yeah, so, so you playing Gyromite? Jira- Jira- I thought yeah, his name Jira- was Rob. No, it was Gyrobot.
2: Then who's Rob?
1: I don't know. Your fucking friend, Rob? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's
2: right. Rob, my friend. Who's a robot.
1: Anyway, it so what was It might have been called thing? Rob. You
2: might be right. I think it was, the game might have been called Gyrobot.
1: Uh, no, the game was Gyro. Gyromite was Oh, Gyromite.
2: Oh, yeah, because it was a... Cause, okay, Because it, it was a What's Happening tie-in. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, that was please that was write big in the catchphrase. Gyro Mites.
1: Please Either don't write me in. tell i right or that About know, this it's at wrong. All. I don't care which
0: don't one. Don't write in. Okay, Dan, <laughs> what
2: was the last video game you played that you really liked a lot?
0: Um, well, uh, you know, I've got. I've played. I think was it like Leisure Suit Larry? I've played I think more recent <laughs> games than Elliot. Like he doesn't I, like
1: Leisure Suit Larry because Leisure Suit Larry isn't extreme enough for him. I have a, I have a PlayStation Three. <laughs> he likes
0: Bondage Suit Larry. I don't play video games Leather that much a, at all. I have. Uh, well, you
1: played that Batman game. I have
0: right? Uncharted Two and uh, Arkham uh, City or whatever, and like I have not finished either of them just because I.
1: You like the music games too, right? Like the, Well, that's what I was going to say. Like the Parappa, the, the last game. Yes. <laughs> Which is basically the, the foundation of the God of War game. Yeah, the last so it's the game I really combo game. Really? Right. Yeah.
0: The last game I really enjoyed uh, was probably Rock Band. Like that's like I'm okay. I'm more of a like a party game guy at this he point. He said
1: Rockman, which is the Japanese
0: name for, <laughs> for Mega, Mega Man. Man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was no.
2: I did I did l- recently look up uh, the soundtrack on YouTube to Mega Man two, which I think still has maybe the best soundtrack of any video game.
0: No, but like that that's that's the game uh, of semi-recent years that I've enjoyed the most. A, m- a more traditional game that I enjoyed, I would probably have to go back to something like Mario Kart or something. Yeah. But my favorite game of all time, I don't know, like like I'm an old man, probably either The Legend of Zelda or maybe Mega Man 2, speaking of Rock Man. Mega Man 2 is a really great game. Uh, what I do think, you have to well, I mean, say? I like...
2: liked the, the, the Super Mario Brothers side-scrolling game for Wii. I enjoyed, but I never finished it. Uh, And I got it as part of a wedding present almost three years ago, and I have yet to finish it, which shows it. (laughs) Yeah, you're drawing it out. I was like, maybe it's time to get back into video games. It's (laughs) like slowly masturbating.
1: It's tantric Nintendo. (laughs) Sure. Uh,
2: But before that, uh, I don't know, maybe like Super Smash Brothers or something like that, like a game where you can have fun with a couple other people.
0: And your favorite of all time?
2: My favorite of all time? I don't know, that's a good question. That's a very good question. Uh, maybe like, I don't know, maybe even the original Super Mario Brothers. I don't know. One of the Super Mario games. I like those
0: games a lot. So Stuart, you uh you're more current, I think. Yeah, I, I play all kinds of you're games. You're always playing
2: your Mass Effects and your Bioshocks mm, yep. and what have you.
1: Your your Borderlands and your uh and I, I like the Bio fighting games. Things. Immortals combat. Oh uh, yeah, I like the I like the fighting your games your, mass versus, your Marvels versus Capcoms. All these things. Uh I, I do I, I think Baby Geniuses, the games. <laughs> my my favorite I think my favorite games of all time is probably uh Probably a tie between well, I really liked uh I was a big fan of Metal Gear Solid. That mm-hmm. was great. Any game where the uh the game reads your memory card until like at, when it's reading your mind and is like, you really like to play Castlevania? <laughs> like, how does the game know that? <laughs> uh but no, I was a big fan of the DuckTales game for Ness. Uh yeah, Nestle chocolate. And yeah. uh, but I would say probably. Like my no favorite one's was, ever said that before.
2: No
0: one ever has.
1: It's I was about
2: like, Elliot I really You know who the, said
0: that is parents. There's two consonants with a vowel in the middle. Why wouldn't you turn that into a
1: word? <laughs> I was because a big. It's fan. not.
2: It's an in initials. I was.
1: With a- I was a big fan of the, uh, I think my favorite was g- the Gremlins 2 game for that the Nintendo. That was a pretty good game. Uh, yeah. I think that was the first game I beat. And I remember taking a picture and mailing it to Nintendo Power. Mm. <laughs> they had some and they said, where they, good job, Stuart. <laughs> they're like, good job, you fucking nerd. <laughs> Go tell it to the Marines. Thanks, kid. You think
2: you're the first one who's ever done this?
0: Uh, no. Throw one in of the things poop I love pile. about
1: those games, and I, I kind of remembered this when I was researching that Jaws thing I did. The Jaws Nintendo game uh, thing I did Was how great those old 8-bit uh, Soundtracks were yeah. Like Just hearing that music from the Jaws game Like immediately brought it back Like it's stored somewhere in my retarded brain Not my normal brain No,
2: but like, yeah, the old Mario Brothers music The Mega Man 2 music, the DuckTales music Like there's a lot
0: of good music in those 8-bit games uh... Just made out of
2: Boops and beeps <laughs> <laughs> Back then you had two notes, boop and beep <laughs>
0: So I hope that you enjoyed that and didn't think to yourself, "What a, little, a bunch of fucking old people! What a waste of time!" Let's skip.
2: My favorite video game was Hoop Stick. <laughs> it's where you hit a stick with a hoop with a stick. You put hit a stick with a hoop, I guess, but it's not much of a game. It's unconventional. My favorite game was called. Throw uh, a rock
1: and another rock. This is this, <laughs> this, this Pyramid Builder.
2: It's where you build real pyramids.
1: This is a bit called Stuart Talks to Two Old Prospectors. Yes. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's, it's in called The 2,000 Year Old Prospector.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I oh, remember man. when I was digging for gold with what King you,
1: Arthur. What are you? <laughs> <laughs> Two thousand year old prospect <laughs> you whole, whole, whole grail or something. What's I going remember
2: on? I said, Dag yep. Cortez!"
0: In, 50, in, 40, <laughs> in forty years, HBO is going to be doing like twelve specials about us, yeah, <laughs> based on this bit.
2: <laughs> Two thousand year old
0: prospector. Uh, so this is the last segment.
2: I was like Hammurabi, what are you doing?
0: I think that's more than two thousand years. He
2: he he. He. I struck gold. Gold! <laughs> I tells you. I says to Marcus Aurelius. So <laughs> he's, he's he's happy about that gold. But he's le- I love the idea of a character <laughs> from such a specific time. But he's old. He's much older than that. I'm uh, talking to this guy. <laughs> it's like it's like uh, when you see movies with vampires. The vampires keep dressing the way they did when they were alive. Even yeah, they're anachronistic. Like Three hundred years ago. Sure.
0: All right. Let's
2: except ba- except anyway. You're saying let's right.
0: speedily go through our last segment of the show, which is recommendations. Movie that we saw that we actually liked. Unlike the Scarlet Letter, which we did not. I liked the Scarlet so Letter. So I, Letter. I no, will I
1: recommend two thousand year old prospector. <laughs> <laughs> Starring Elliot Kalin. As
2: 2,000-year-old. And Dan McCoy (laughs) as a prospect.
1: Well, I'm an old
2: man, and I'm a prospect. (laughs) Uh,
1: I'm going to continue with the theme of family-friendly period pieces, and I'll recommend Wild Zero, starring... The Japanese band Guitar Wolf, (laughs) uh,
2: family friendly friendly period pieces. Now recommend your period and you. It's an instructional film for young girls about their first menses. Rated R. Rated R. Strong language and so I am recommending
1: Wild Zero, starring the Japanese rock band uh, Guitar Wolf. There's zombies in it, lasers, uh, all kinds of weird shit, and a love that could not be between a man and I think a transgender character. I don't remember. There's zombies in it. Uh watch it with your mom and dad. I'm gonna
0: recommend I'm I'm gonna continue the theme That's an order. I'm gonna continue the theme of movies based on works of classic literature and recommend the uh latest adaptation of Much Do About Nothing, the Joss Whedon directed film, uh which I enjoyed. I still don't think it's as good as the Kenneth Branagh uh film. That's a good one. But um You mean Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Yes.
2: The but, Kenneth Branagh film, or did you mean thor <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it's a it's a, it's a fun adaptation of much Do about nothing if you enjoy the play. I think that honestly like uh for the first third of it it's a little slow, like the dialogue that's supposed to kind of be sparkling and 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 fast paced and almost screwball in the delivery like early like before screwball existed screwball uh is is a little draggy and Screwballs by Shakespeare, yeah, and, and <laughs> Joss Whedon directs it a little too much to like to breast or not to breast. <laughs> that he, is the question. He directs it a little much, too much in like traditional TV style with a lot of like close ups and a studio it, audience, which is weird because you know Serenity and the Avengers were not like that. But once it hits the first kind of big. I, uh, comedy scene, the first like eavesdropping scene, everything from that then on really hits well, and I found myself very engaged by it. I wonder, so I, I think
2: I might have an, a one-word explanation for why it's shot that way early yeah. on. It starts with a B, and mm-hmm. it's budget.
0: yeah. But was I could it, be wrong about now, that. Did it, it was shot in like a, 12 days in his house, so... Well, you're a fan
2: of like... <laughs> wait, the wait, so so like Playmate of the Apes, basically? <laughs> yeah, basically. So that was shot in, I think, two days. <laughs> you're, <less> like,
1: <laughs> you're a fan of like the verse and those actors, so did that help your enjoyment, or...?
0: I, it helped it in a certain sense, but it also, like, at the, at uh, for the first part of it, I'm like, ooh, am I just enjoying it as much as I am because I have seen these actors and other things mm. that I've enjoyed? That's not... Uh, necessarily a knock against it though.
2: That's yeah. part of big movie Hollywood acting is being able to inform a, an actor's performance yeah. with knowledge of their past performances. It does, Thanks, it professor. Do, it does
1: definitely stand. <laughs> Your on homework is eventually. watch a movie. <laughs> but I not
0: still, I still recommend it. Oh. It just, it just starts a little slow. That's what I recommend.
2: Elliot? And I'm going to continue the theme of Women in Trouble. Okay. And I'm going to recommend a movie by Vittorio De Sica Mm -hmm. uh, called Two Women, starring Sophia Loren and John Paul Belmondo. He is not one of the women. About a mother and her daughter who are are kind of early adolescent teenage daughter who in the waning days of World War II in Italy where the cities are still being bombed, they have to leave and go out into the countryside, and these two women are kind of – trying to find a safe place while being caught between Italian soldiers, German soldiers, American soldiers, Russian soldiers, and having trouble finding a safe space and finally uh, encountering some kind of horrific tragedy that befalls them uh, and having to emotionally push through that. It's a really strong movie. It's the one Sophia Loren won her Academy Award for Best Actress for. Uh, I would recommend finding it. Uh, not dubbed for that reason. I know Netflix had it on Netflix Instant for a while and it was a dubbed version. Don't watch that. Watch it with subtitles. Get the full performance.
1: I don't like reading when I watch a movie, dude. Mm-hmm. Well, you like comic
2: books and that's like reading while looking at a painting.
0: Oh.
1: So, mm-hmm. the... So and you
0: I, like audiobooks which are like a movie for your mind. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, I do like
1: that when I'm doing the long cross country drive.
2: Uh and it's I just found and it to be a really movie
1: <laughs> for my mind.
2: <laughs> a really solid movie about war that isn't about battle scenes, although there's a little bit of that, but is very much about the people who get caught among a war who are not necessarily even fighting it, but their lives are impacted by it nonetheless and in a way destroyed by it. I thought it was very good. So similar, to,
1: similar to Scarlet Letter.
2: Just kind of like, well, in, if you're thinking about Indian Wars, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. So I Two was. Women with Sophia Loren.
0: Uh, Well, guys, this has been fun, except for the fact that we watched Scarlet Letter. That P- was not fun. Please, please fans, if we have another contest, pick the think, funnest. Think about something that we will enjoy. I would say just don't.
2: <laughs> if we have another contest, you should write in, pick a movie yourselves, and then we can watch Robot Jocks, <laughs> and we'll have a good time. Uh, the movie, so fun, it doesn't even care if it's spelling the word jocks wrong.
0: <laughs> no, it's I can't tell you X how long I misspelled the word jocks
1: <laughs> thanks to that movie. Yeah.
2: I want to make a product now that's a computerized underpants for athletes called Robot Jock Strap.
1: <laughs> Wait, would the strap be spelled with an S, or would you just blend that X into
2: it? It's P A P P P P P P P P P. It's called. Yes, yeah, like Robert Zadar. Robot Jocks Zadrap. Yeah.
1: Robert Zelazny? <laughs> All
2: right. You, you guys don't know, but before we started taping the podcast, Stuart referred to Robert Zelazny, I think, a dozen times. <laughs> Someone's so, trapped not in gonna, amber. to
1: say the name Roger in a movie. Roger, I'm not, not Robert. Think. Yeah, Roger, sorry. So, uh, Roger Zelazny. With Robert- that mention. Robert Silverberg. The
0: first mention that anyone has made of that name in God knows how long. People talk about Roger Zelazny all the time. <laughs> we should sign off.
2: Look, you're going to write a science fiction encyclopedia. It's going to be from Asimov to Zelazny. Yeah. For the Flophouse, <laughs> I've
1: been Dan McCoy. Uh, I'm. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I'm Stuart Wellington.
2: <laughs> and I'm the professional Elliot Kalen who always knows when it's time to say his name and says it correctly. Elliot Kalen. It trips off the tongue. Mellifluous, oh, every syllable
1: a delight. Oh, a treasure of letters. Oh, Elliot Kalen. Say it, won't you? Oh, wow. The end. Another masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Anybody? Yeah, I am Mark Marin now. Hey, everybody. Stamps.com. I have a bunch of cats. No good relationships, though. Let me talk about it for 18 minutes. (laughs) Wow.